welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm wicked excited to be here today. And I'm going to start with a little story because I don't know what the heck I'm going to call this sucker. <laughs> I'm like, I could go in so many different directions. I don't know. I'm toying around with the funny idea of calling it spiritual plumbing. <laughs> Ooh, spiritual plumbing. I'm such a weirdo. Okay, here's the deal. So the other day, I'm in my car. And you know when the little light comes on to let you know that your car is due for maintenance, okay? And it's not like the red blaring screaming light, like, hey, uh, I'm out of oil or hey, uh, your engine's on fire, right? Or whatever. It wasn't like this big, just a little gentle orange light that says, hey, maintenance required. <laughs> a little friendly reminder to go in and get your oil changed, you know? And, you know, so it was good because it's like there was no knocking, no pinging, no brakes grinding, no weird shit going on. Nothing that like I wouldn't know how to fix anyways. Thank goodness. Just a gen general, like nice, friendly reminder about doing it. And I was thinking about how I'm the kind of person now who when I see the maintenance light come on, I'll go and take it in to be serviced. Now, I grew up in a culture, in a household, in a, in a social, uh, socioeconomic situation where that would not have been the case. Growing up, you know, my parents didn't have the money. I was going to say we didn't have the money, but I was a kid. I didn't have a bank account, but my parents didn't have the money. So they would wait until shit went really wrong, right? They would wait until like the car wouldn't start, the battery wouldn't work, the car, you get the flat tire, whatever. Something had to go really wrong. And a lot of people... Um, again, if they don't have the cash, they might wait until there's an actual quote unquote issue, right? So luckily for me with my car, there wasn't an issue and that was really good because I wouldn't know how to fix it anyways. And this made me start to think about, and I had a conversation with my sweetie about this, about kind of like how the internal light comes on to let me know that uh, something needs to be done with the external of the car, the engine, right? Or to get the oil changed or something outside of the inside of the car. And so we started thinking, talking about how the way people respond to fixing quote unquote external problems versus internal problems. And we were using like all these different kind of um, examples. And I was like, well, yeah, like, remember when, uh, remember when we had that funny smell? And if you guys don't remember, this was a wicked funny story, but we had this really funky smell, we thought, coming up from our pipes. And we, we were like, I don't know. We were trying to figure everything out. And it ended up actually being a rutabaga. It ended up being a turnip that was on my windowsill in a bowl. And I couldn't see that it had gone bad. It was the funniest shit ever. But here's my point. When there's an external problem, like your basement is starting to flood, right? Because your plumbing is backing up. 
or if there's an external problem, like, um, you know, you have no power, no electricity, or there's like a short, like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, like if one of your um, outlets all of a sudden started shooting sparks, you, you might, uh, I think, hustle and try to call an electrician or find somebody who knows how to fix it, right? Especially when there's something going on that you don't know how to do yourself. So uh, just like with a mechanic, Right. I mean, I know a lot of you are handy. A lot of you New England is like a handy. Right. But like for a ton of us, a shit ton of us, we don't know how to fix things when things go wrong with our car. And I just think it's interesting how people are so wicked fast. They're quick to call a plumber, an electrician, a mechanic or whatever. They'll reach out for help fairly quickly. Right. If they have the means. Right. So for the sake of this conversation, Let's just assume that it's not a money issue, okay? Just so I can like stay on track with the point that I'm trying to make. So a lot of times people will reach out for help for an external problem that they themselves don't know how to fix. They don't, they don't think twice about it. They're like, well, the water is rising or the paint is peeling or the thing is making this chirping noise or I don't know, the fridge is humming really loud or one of the burners on the stove won't ignite, like whatever the deal is. External problems, humans are just like, we need to get a guy, right? It's why I have a guy for everything. I'm like, oh, I got a plow guy. I got a guy I know that does tree work. I got a guy that does this, right? So we, we tend to have guys, quote unquote guys. And sometimes the quote unquote guys might be, might be female or women or whatever. But we have people who help us to do the external things that we don't know how to do. And we don't bat an eye paying them, right? We don't bat an eye asking for their help. We don't have a bat an eye admitting that I don't know how to fix this myself because we're not all expected to know plumbing, electronics, carpentry, IT work, you know, tech stuff, right? That, that's just a given. We're not all, you know, expected to know those things. But here's the fascinating piece. People tend to be like a lot slower to admit that they don't know how to fix whatever is going on within themselves. They don't know how to, they're a little bit more uh, hesitant to even talk about sometimes, never, never mind admit that they have something going on internally within themselves and they're not sure exactly what it is or what to do about it or how to get help. Because um, a lot of times they don't even know what the problem is. They just know that something feels off or they feel sad or they feel lonely or they feel depressed or they feel pissed all the time. They feel like they have their dukes up. They feel like they can never um, be vulnerable. They have a hard time connecting with others, whatever. Whether the problem is somewhere um, within themselves, in their business, uh, showing up in their marriage, their relationships uh, with their children, whatever the deal is, or in their personal life or within their professional life. They're a lot slower sometimes to say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the problem is and I don't know how to fix this. And it kind of goes back to, you know, something that I was talking about last week. And, and um, well, I, I think I've been kind of talking about it more than last week, but certainly in the last few weeks, I've brought up this, this idea about like, fixing, um, when, when it comes to fixing problems, right? And I think I broke it down for you guys like this and I'll do it again. And I'll actually use some of the examples of what I've already talked about. So a lot of times um, people might be symptom aware, okay? They know that something is wrong. So I'm gonna go with, let's stay with like the external things. Let's stick in the realm of like plumbers, mechanics, like whatever, okay? 
So a lot of times they're symptom aware. They're like, my car's making a funny noise. <laughs> the gears, when I, when I shift from neutral to this, the car like lurches forward. Or when I step on the brakes, it takes a long time for the car to actually stop or whatever the deal is, right? My blinker lights, you know, on the fritz, whatever. So we might not be like, okay, um, let's stick with a weird sound that your car is making. This is going to make the best point. So they're symptom aware. They're like, my car's making a funny sound. But they might not be problem aware because they're not a mechanic. And they're like, I don't, I don't know what the problem is, right? You call, you call the shop. You're like, I need to bring my car and it's making a funny noise. They're like, what do you think it is? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a mechanic, right? Now, some people who are a little more informed might be able to say, I think it's the carburetor. I think it's this. It's whatever. But a lot of us would just be like, I don't know. It's just making a weird noise. But here's the good news. At least they're solution aware, right? They're aware of that gap in the knowledge. And they're like, okay, I know what the symptom is, right? It's making a funny noise. I don't really know what the problem is, but I know the solution is mechanic. This is great. Okay. Same thing. Like when we had an issue of like when our toilet uh, in the basement wasn't the toilet, we thought that our, um, we thought that our, what do you call it? Washing machine was leaking, but it really wasn't that. It was like the, the septic was starting to just back up a tiny bit and it didn't smell and it wasn't weird. It was just like a little bit of water overflow, but it's because we live in the middle of the woods, right? And the roots, we didn't know any of this, right? So here's what, that's what turned out to be. But all we know is that we think our washing machine is leaking. So we call around and we, what do we do? We're like, okay, this is the symptom, it's leaking. We don't really know what the problem is. Like we think it might be the washer. And what was the solution? Okay, call the Roto-Rooter guys or call the septic people or call the plumber, right? Call the plumber, get them out there. So again, lucky enough, solution, don't know what the problem is, but I am um, symptom, right? Leaking water, don't know what the problem actually is, but luckily we are solution aware, we know who to call. Okay, when it comes to my work, when it comes to plumbing the depths of the human condition, when it comes to plumbing the psyche of why do I do what I do, say what I say, feel what I feel, think what I think, behave the way I behave, have the habits that I have, have the identity that I have. Why am I feeling this way? Okay. In the work that I do, a lot of times people are simply symptom aware. Okay. So they'll be like, I don't know. I just feel unfulfilled. I feel unhappy. Um, I want to start to take myself in my work more seriously. Um, I want to be a better communicator. Um, I'm unhappy in my job. I'm unhappy in my marriage. I'm unhappy with myself, right? I always say there's a thousand different ways to suffer. So people will, will have a concept of feeling off, of feeling lonely, of feeling depressed, of feeling disconnected from self or source or spirit or whatever the thing is. They have a sense that something is wrong. They don't like how they feel. They don't like how they've been thinking, right? I, I talk about like when you get to that point where you just want to wish you could unzip your own skin and crawl out of yourself because you're so sick of yourself or you're just generally, or like you have everything. You've gotten everything you ever wanted. You got the money, you got all the stuff, but you're still not happy, right? Maybe you just have a general malaise as they say, right? Existential, like, oh, what the fuck is going on in the world, okay? So a lot of times when in my realm of work, people are symptom aware. But where it gets challenging is they're often, if not always, they're often, not always, because I've had clients, obviously, but they're often not problem aware. And then they're definitely not solution aware. So I was talking to somebody the other day who is a business strategist, and we were, you know, 
talking for a while on the phone and I was saying, you know, here's the thing. I said, you know, the challenge in my work and marketing my work and talking about my work and exposing people, right, to, to, to helping people to try to connect the dots and make the connection um, about what they might be feeling and going through and how I might be able to help is that nobody, pretty much nobody is laying in bed at 3 a.m. thinking to themselves, man, I just had a spiritual mentor. <laughs> only I had some spiritual mentorship. No, because what do most people do, right? Average, average, when people have a symptom, when they don't feel right, when they feel off, when they feel sad, when they feel a lot of fear or anxiety or stress or overwhelm, right? Usually they do what the humans tend to do. They binge on Netflix, they drink, they smoke, they get high, they do drugs, they numb, they uh, watch porn, they have sex, they eat a lot of food, they shop, they distract, right? They go online, they scroll social media. So distraction and numbing and disassociating and leaving their body and doing all the things that they do, right? All they know is I don't like how I feel and I don't wanna feel this way anymore. And then rather understanding what the real problem is, and then maybe finding a solution that will help them for the rest of their lives because they'll have some tools in their toolkit. We want these quick fixes, right? We are a nation of just like, hey, because I get it, right? When, when the plumbing is backing up in the basement, you want it fixed right away. When your car won't start, you want it fixed right away. When we're uncomfortable, when we're unhappy, when we're miserable, when we're not peaceful, we just want it fixed. We just want to feel differently. So we often go for the quick solution because it's also really hard sometimes to admit, I don't know what's going on within myself. I don't know what the fuck is happening and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know who to call, I don't know who can help. And there's also a lot of stigmas sometimes around needing help, right? It's me, I should know myself, I should be able to help myself, I can do it myself. And that's when I often say like, hey, nobody comes to work with me, right? Because everything's going fantastic. And if you knew how to fix it, if you knew how to heal it, if you knew how to do it on your own, you would already have done it. But your best thinking, right? I can say this to myself too. When I have reached out for help for things in the spiritual realm, meaning like for when uh, for healing or trauma or whatever, any kind of therapies like that, right? It's because my own best thinking, my own ability to help myself at that moment, right? I am, my own best thinking is what got me where I was, which was in the problem. So, so often we're solution aware, but we're not aware often that the problem is ourselves. Our problem is our own, um, uh, whether it's closed mindedness, closed heartedness, repeating patterns of trauma, whether it's feel it's that, that disconnect, whether the problem is, is our own thinking or the stories we've been telling ourselves or the choices we've made based on how we thought and felt about ourselves, right? Those limiting beliefs, the identity that we created, the trauma, the things that we went through as kids, whatever, our patterns, um, the shields and the survival mechanisms that kept us alive, yes, but are not doing us any favors as adults. So a lot of times we don't even recognize that we're the problem. Our way of being, our way of thinking, our way of communicating, whatever it is, our choices, right? that that's actually the problem. We're often a little bit clueless with that. 
And what a good external teacher does is they walk along beside you for part of the way to, to basically like tag you back in, you know, in wrestling when there was a tag team, right? And your partner would be in the ring and then they need a break and they would tag somebody else in. Sometimes we just need to tag somebody else in to help us for a little bit till we get catch our breath, right? Till we get our footing, till we, till we find some stability until we can be reminded that we have within us our own inner teacher, our own inner stability and to gather some tools that we can then use for the rest of our lives. But so again, coming back to complete this thing, a lot of times people are symptom aware when it comes to spiritual plumbing, <laughs> right? When spiritual plumbing needs to be done, because think about what plumbing is. Plumbing is basically a connection of, of um, but we can call them pipes or whatever, but we can also think of them as conduits of, of uh, connection, right? And when, when we're clogged or when we're leaking or when there's issues, right, that are going on, we need to bring in somebody who knows how to kind of get things back into the flow, get things back into alignment to fix things and to help you to help yourself. So I often say, I don't call myself a healer because I'm not the one that does the healing. What a good mentor does or a good spiritual mentor does, in my opinion, again, just my humble opinion, is we just can help um, hold the container. I always say we can hold the strength and the vision of you for you until you are ready to remember it and receive it and uh, run with it yourself, right? So we can create a container where the big scary questions can be asked, where the difficult things can be looked at and addressed, where there is, um, if your nervous system, right, decides, right, through through connection and relationship building and trust and honesty, decides this is a safe place for me to finally set down my shields, to set down my weapons, to do this. But a lot of times we don't realize that that's, you know, th that the problem is us. Let's, let me complete that thought. And then we oftentimes absolutely don't know, oh, what I really need is not to go binge watch a bunch of shows or to scroll on social media till three in the morning and sleep with my phone because I'm so attached and getting that dopamine hit again and again and again and again from a like and a follow and a swipe and whatever, right? We don't recognize that the solution could be spiritual mentorship. Sometimes people think was like, oh, I'll, I'll go get a therapist or, oh, I'll do this. And there's a lot of beautiful um, modalities out there for people to be helped. But a lot of times it's hard for people to admit that they need that kind of help or that they would even want it. You know, growing up, you know, where, where I grew up, I don't think I ever knew anybody in therapy. You know what I mean? Like I was, I, I was forced to go to therapy uh, when I was like 13 or 14, because for a whole thing, that, that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> it's in the memoir, read the book uh, when it comes out. But, uh, but I didn't, I just thought it was so, like, I was so uncomfortable. I thought it was so weak, like going to talk to somebody and I was being forced. It wasn't my choice. Maybe if it had been my choice, that would have been different. Right. But a lot of times, like I'm saying, like so, so often what I'm trying to do on the show is also to let people know that there's another way. There's another way to problem solve. There's another way to approach your stress, your anxiety, your overwhelm, your discontent, your fears, because that's all it really comes down to, right? It's either fear or it's love. And fear wears many, 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 many masks, right? Being afraid to ask for help, being afraid to be vulnerable because you see it is weak because you quote unquote should, should, right? know what the problem is. But a lot of times in this line of work, the internal work, we don't know what's wrong. 
because a lot of times, hello, we are not, you know, people aren't trained psychologists. They're not certified spiritual mentors, right? They don't know these things. It just happens to be my calling, right? So I guess what I'm trying to get at is I want to encourage people. Can we find a way? Um, I don't want to say normalize it. Maybe that is the word. I thought I made a note to myself here. Oh, maybe I didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I did. But I, I would like to be able to encourage people that when stuff is going on with you in your personal life or your professional life, where you're not finding yourself, you know, in A Course in Miracles, it says our natural inheritance is happiness and peace. And so what I often say to people, if you're not pretty consistently in that zone, right, feeling internally stable, feeling peace of mind, feeling happiness or joy, contentment, right? If you're not in that space quite often, uh, and I'm not talking about walking around like, ah, Susie, like, you know, like pretending and performing that you're happy when you're actually not. But if something is off, if something is out of alignment, if you're not feeling connected to yourself, if you don't feel like you even know yourself, if you just feel lost and confused, like I said, overwhelmed, unhappy, stressed, anxious, disconnected, all those things, um, you know, a lot of times we don't think spiritual mentoring because I think it's a fairly, I think, you know, people who help in the spiritual way have been around for eons, like forever, right? They just think back to, to medicine men and the shamans and the healers and the, the people in, in the tribes and, and the people who were the wise ones and the storytellers who passed down, you know, the history and, and held space for people's healing and all that stuff, right? people's grieving. I think there have been people who have assisted in this way for a really long time. But I think we also have moved away from, right, in a lot of ways with how fast the world works and quick fixes and social media and the internet and whatever. We forget sometimes that healing is a journey. Healing takes time and how powerful and impactful um, it can be to have somebody walk along beside you on that spiritual journey. Here's what I will say and know for my own self, right? It is a journey. It does take time. But having a spiritual mentor, having somebody in your life to reflect these things back to, and also as somebody who, you know, also does, um, you know, hypnosis, it's so powerful because it's subconscious reprogramming. It's brain training. It's mind training. It's helping us to rewrite those old stories, to remove the blocks and barriers to love. And so what, what a good spiritual mentor does also is it saves you time. You know, but I, I understand that it can feel really scary to admit, first of all, I don't even know what the fucking problem is. Like, I don't know what's going on. I just feel unhappy and I shouldn't feel unhappy because in some cases it's like, look, I have everything. I'm healthy. I have a roof over my head. I have people who love me. I have friends. Like, I don't understand what, I don't understand what's going on. And it can also feel, I want to reiterate this. I acknowledge it. I know I was one of those kids who didn't like to ask for help, wanted to do everything my own. Right? Hyperindependence, PS is a trauma response. Feeling like you have to do everything yourself and you have to figure it out and to ask for help somehow makes you weak. Right? Look at I even have my shirt on today. I'm holding it up. It says masshole, right? Masshole. Yeah, that was me. I'm like now hashtag evolved masshole. But that little masshole, like little Vicky with two K's from Lawrence, right? She's just determined to do it all on her own because she didn't feel safe. She didn't feel like she could trust people, didn't feel like people were reliable, didn't feel like people um, you know would um, be there, right? Her old story was everybody leaves 
I'm misunderstood. Like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? So I was just like hyper independent. And it's, it's, it's a, a role that I'm continuing. Like I have to continue to do this, to ask for help, to let others help me and to get better at receiving love. That will probably be a thing until the day I die to keep opening my heart, to keep allowing myself to receive. Because when we don't ask for help, when we're suffering, and again, you know, there's people are always like, why don't you just come? I just had this conversation again where people are like, so can you tell me in two sentences, like how you help people? I'm like, no, no, because the work that I do, the work that I do, how do I say this with others? I always say, while it is simple in, while it is, how do I say this? It's not simple to discuss. It, let me put it this way. It is actually quite simple in what we're trying to do. That healing pot, that return to love, that, that deepening the connection to self, to knowing yourself, to understanding your story and transforming it into your glory. It's clean cut. Like I have a process. I know the steps. I know the thing. But it's not easy to really talk about in terms of tangible results because there's a thousand different ways to suffer. And so people come to work with me, I always say, because because. They are, they are feeling a particular way that they don't want to feel and they want to feel different. They want to be different. They want to be better. They want to do better. They want to show up better. They want to understand what is going on so that they can feel differently. Like that's really the thing, right? Whether they want to feel more happy, more peaceful, more stabilized, less, less stress, less anxiety, all the things. But the way that those symptoms show up in their life, it is such a variety. There's like death, there's divorce, there's, there's diagnoses, there's disasters, there's disappointment, right? Like I said, the thousand and one ways, think of all the different situations. It could have to do with, you know, um, I'm in a codependent relationship, or I had a child that died, or I'm really stuck in my grief, or, you know, I, I want to grow my business and expand. I know I'm meant for more, but I'm terrified to put myself out there because I'm so afraid of getting judged. I'm so afraid of people really seeing me. If they really see me, they won't love me, right? They're going to come for me. They're going to judge and attack. And all the, the, the little childhood mechanisms that we use to survive, like all the buttons get pushed and, it, you know, and it's real. It feels really real. So it's really hard for me to kind of talk about it and put it in a nice little like Ziploc baggie, a little, a little, here you go. Let me, this explains spiritual mentoring, right? Because all I know is when people come to work with me, they're suffering and they don't want to feel that way anymore. And, you know, while by working together, we can move through the process, right? And there's like, again, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you all about my process. That's not what this episode's about. But it is talking about how we are so quick to, to jump on things and fix things, objects, things outside of ourselves. And yet we don't share the same, same I don't want to say respect, but we don't give the same credence or the same attention to things that are going on inside of us. And whether that's your mental health, your well-being, your spiritual well-being, like tending to the soul, being a midwife to the soul. Again, nobody's laying in bed at night going, oh, I just need a midwife to the soul or I need a spiritual mentor. They're laying in bed thinking, I fucking can't, like, I feel so lonely. I'm so miserable. I'm so unhappy. I'm so scared. I'm so stressed, right? About all the different ways things might be showing up in their life. 
So I guess really, I always say like some episodes, they really feel like a love letter, you know, from my heart to yours to like, to say to you, like, if you have some stuff that's going on inside of you, it's, it's more important even I would say than the leaky pipe, the spiritual plumbing, right? Getting down to like, what is blocking you? What is the barrier that we're creating to the awareness as A Course in Miracles says, the awareness of love's presence? Where are we getting in our own fucking way? Where are we the problem, but we don't know we're the problem? Because we're often hyper like symptom aware. I'm unhappy. I'm drinking too much. I'm tired of yelling at my kids, you know? Again, I, I don't feel safe in the world, right? I don't trust myself. I don't trust my inner teacher. I don't trust my intuition. I'm always looking outside of myself for external, you know, answers and, you know, validation or whatever. I'm always pretending and performing because I don't think I'm enough. Again, a thousand ways to suffer as a human being. But that is just as important. And if we're going to be quick to spend our money to fix external things, like the car, the house, the whatever, the gym membership, the blah, 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 the body, right? Why don't we spend as much time with the thing that actually creates and makes, like, what's the word? makes decisions and choices for those external things? Why, why don't we put as much importance on what's happening inside of us? So I know if you listen to this show regularly, there's a reason why you listen to me talk about this spiritual stuff week after week after week after week. Some of you might be new to the show. And if you are, hello, welcome. <laughs> if you could hear the sound of my voice, yay, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. But if you're somebody who has been thinking about it, if you're somebody who's like, I always say, look, if you got it all figured out, if you are wicked happy, if you are peaceful, if you have a DSP, if you have a daily spiritual practice and you live it and you stick to it and you're like, everything is amazing, double amen hands to you. I appreciate you still listening, right? You know what I mean? I really do appreciate it. But if you're somebody who has some shit going down in your life, and sometimes it takes people a long time to admit that they're unhappy because it's scary. It's scary. My sweetie and I were talking about this, right? Like talking about like when like, to go to the doctor. You know why a lot of times people don't like to go to the doctor? Because they're afraid to go and they're afraid of what they're going to find out. People sometimes don't want to look at their marriage too closely. Their relationships too closely. Their job too closely. What their kids are up to too closely. Certainly don't like to look at themselves too closely. Because sometimes like going to the doctor, you're afraid of what you're going to find out. You're afraid that you're going to get some bad news. You're going to you're afraid whatever the, the thing is, it might be unfixable. Things might be worse than we realize. Things might be terminal. So we try to avoid it. Here's what I can tell you. No problem has ever been solved by avoiding it. So I'm the kind of spiritual mentor that likes to take your hand and say, okay, yes, this happened. These things happened right? The story piece of it. This is really challenging. That was awful. I hear you. I feel you. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And, and obviously if somebody's grief is really new, I don't, I don't rush any kind of process, right? On anybody. 
people come to work with me when they're ready because we have a conversation before we work together because I want to make sure that I feel as if I can actually be helpful. And I want to make sure that they're actually ready and willing to do the work. Sometimes people say they are, but then you get into it and they're not. So, you know, it's really knowing yourself and saying, I'm, I'm done sabotaging myself. I'm done procrastinating. I'm done being caught up in this incessant perfectionism because I'm so fucking terrified. Right? So a lot of times it's like having somebody as a spiritual mentor to walk along beside you to face the scary things, to go, now what? Yes, these things happen, but now what are we going to do about them? What are some of the solutions? And you have to be willing to play a proactive role in your own healing. I'm not just going to like Merlin your ass and wave my magic wand and everything gets better. This healing takes time. But it goes faster if you are willing to participate fully, if you commit to the process. But we have to start at that level of recognizing that something is wrong and being willing to ask, what's the problem here? And one of the things that I learned early on, back in my 20s, when I first read A Return to Love, when I first picked up A Course in Miracles, like I finally, it finally got through my thick knucklehead, right? As they say, dawn, like, uh, like uh, light dawns over marble head, right? That's me, knock, knock on the marble, my noggin here, okay? That... I was the problem, <laughs> the way that I was thinking about things, the way that I was perceiving things, my perception. When I finally understood that my happiness and my peace were my responsibility, when I finally understood that, yes, the awful things that had happened, those things, right, like my mother being murdered, that wasn't my responsibility. What was my responsibility is what I was going to do with how I felt about it, how I perceived it whether it was going to keep me as a hostage to the ego or a host to God, as A Course in Miracles says. Was I going to let it keep me trapped in the prison of my suffering or was I willing to move towards the light? Well, go to the light, Carolyn. Was I willing to move towards the love where the healing could take place? Again, this is the act of your story to your glory. So each week, you know, because I've realized, I've just realized that part of, the work that I need to do is educating people on why spiritual mentorship, why you would look to that as a solution rather than just getting another course and trying to figure it out on your own or read another fucking spiritual book. Because here's the thing. I, you, I mean, look around. If you came to my house, books everywhere. Love books. I'm a writer. I'm a speaker, right? I lo love books. It's probably what I spend my most money on, right? Love books. But what reading a lot of quote unquote self-help or spiritual books or whatever kind of books, right? Even business help books, whatever it is. What it does is it ticks a box. It gives you a temporary relief. It gives you a dopamine hit, right? That's how I look at it, right? The scientists might say that's not what it does because books take a longer time to read or whatever. But stay with me on this, right? People love to read books or listen to a podcast or like, you know, sign up for the webinar or whatever because you feel like you're actually doing something. Now, in fairness, on some level, you are. You made an investment and then you're listening to the thing or you're reading the thing. But what good is it if you then don't actually apply what you learn? So what a lot of people do is they get the impressive library. Look at all the books I've read. 
And I'm like, yeah, but are you actually practicing anything that you learned in them? Are you applying it? Do you actually feel anymore? I used to say to people, if you're, if you're doing a spiritual practice of some kind, whether that's yoga, prayer, meditation, whatever, and you're not actually transforming in some way, if you're not actually showing up better, being better, doing better, whatever, um, it might be time to, to look at that <laughs> because it's not just about reading the book because you feel good. You feel accomplished. Like, oh, I've read this book. I have all this spiritual quote unquote knowledge, right? It's like, yeah, but are you living the damn stuff? Are you putting it into action? Would people say that you are now a kinder, more compassionate, more gentle, more merciful, more graceful, more loving human being for having read all those books? But if you're still losing your shit, and I'm not talking about being perfect. We're all human. We're all going to have moments, right? Where we're clumsy and we mess up and it's like, ah, God, I can't believe I said that, whatever. That's, that's part of the human condition. None of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect. And um, it would be boring if we all were. But what's the point of, of having all the books and having all the crystals and all the, all the, all the, 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 uh, you know, the outward, the external spiritual mock is of like, I'm a spiritual person if we're not actually gonna do the work. So I'm gonna keep trying to make connections and hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this, if you can just respond and say, oh yeah, I kind of get it. Like I get what you do. I, I get the point that you're trying to make, you know? Please shoot me a, a DM or a double amen hands and let me know. Because again, I want to try and kind of normalize as my friend Emmeline says, that word is getting overused. But in this case, like I want to use it because I want to normalize having spiritual mentorship. I want to normalize having people like that on your quote unquote team. I'm going to do a whole podcast about this. I think if you have a business, right? If you're an entrepreneur and you have a business, it would behoove you to have somebody like me. It doesn't have to be me, but somebody like me in the spiritual like like mentorship field that you work with and we'll dive into that on another episode so i think this is where i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it you guys right we could all use a little spiritual plumbing you could all use a little somebody that helps us to kind of align the pipes and clean out the pipes and get us back into kind of that flow of knowing ourselves and trusting ourselves and aligning with the divine. I always say the assignment is alignment. Truly knowing ourselves as children of God or extensions of love or part of the universe. You know I don't get hung up on what we call these things. But when there's a kink in the hose, nothing is getting through. When there's a leak in the pipe, it's doing nothing but making a mess everywhere. So like I said, if you're aware of the symptom, let's broaden our perspective, right? Let's not be afraid to take a look at like what might the problem really be. And since we can't control others and nobody can make us quote unquote feel anything, then often I'm like, just go look in the mirror because the answer is right there. And it's not to make you bad or make you feel ashamed or whatever. I guarantee you that 90, you know, 5% of the time when there's an issue, it's like, it's me. It's the way that I'm approaching it or thinking about it or thinking of myself or the way I'm talking to myself or my perception has slipped from love to fear. I've taken a detour into fear. Lucky for me is I have a lot of solutions. I know where to go. I have a big spiritual toolkit. 
And it's what I love to share with the people that I work with. So you guys, I hope this was helpful in some way. That is always my desire that you don't hang out with me for like, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes and be like, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> oh, I would hate that. Okay. So here's the deal. Okay. Let's not wait until there's a huge issue, right? Like if, if something suspicious is going on, if there's some sort of weird noise coming from the inside, if you're feeling misaligned, if you're suffering in some way, consider, consider the solution. Let's start to kind of normalize people asking for help. This doesn't mean that you don't take personal responsibility and you're waiting for somebody else to quote unquote fix you. You're not broken. You just might be having a little spiritual amnesia. You might, just might be a little spiritually askew, right? The way that you're looking at yourself. And it's really just the ego personality. I always say who you are, who you are as an extension of the divine is already perfect. But our ego personalities could use a little work, could use a little rehab. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, you guys, I love you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. I hope you had as much fun hanging out as I did. Uh, all right, wherever you go, wherever you go, this is part of it, right? This seems like such a simple thing that I say at the end of every show. And I was like, do you think, I'm, do I think, I asked myself this, do you think they're ever going to get tired of saying this? You know, and then I think to myself, no, I don't think so, because it encompasses something that I really believe. And here's the thing, when you do your spiritual mentorship work, when you start to get a DSP, a daily spiritual practice, you start to get your mind right, you start to get yourself right, you start to change your mind, you change your life. We all know this. You change your story, you change your life. Because here's the thing. When you start to become more self-aware and you deepen your connection to self-source and spirit, how you move through the world will change. The way you talk to yourself and others will change. The way that you show up will change. The way that you show up in your community, the way that you start to see beyond just your own self, your little small self, you start to branch out into other people's suffering, start to be more aware of animal suffering. You start to be more aware of what's going on in your community, right? I always say, if your self-help stops at you, it's incomplete, right? If your self-help stops at yourself, just yourself, it's incomplete. So here's what I'm trying to say. When I say to you every week, wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment, and yourself better than how you found it. I really do mean that. And when you start to do your work, instead of just dragging around behind you, your bag full of shit, that's just like smearing and staining and leaving a, a nightmare wherever you go. Now, when you show up and you have a healthy spiritual toolkit, you do show up and people are happy for you to be there because your energy is right and your mind is right and you're radiating light. And it doesn't mean you walk around like a sunbeam all the time. That's not everybody's external kind of personality but I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Wherever you go, listen to that. Let that sink into your ear holes, right? Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. So it is, man. Amen. Devil amen hands to that. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Bye. so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. 
So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>